Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Now after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. St. Stephen's, I don't know how you all are feeling, but I am so glad to be here. I've been eager for this day for some time anticipating what our lives will look like and what today would bring and eager to begin our ministry together. I want to say how grateful I am for, for each of you who have welcomed me to this great place, and I look forward to getting to know you all over the next several months. I value relationships, and I value your story. It's important to me. It helps create part of the larger story of St. Stephen's. So even if you're new and visiting on this Sunday, if you've been here for many years, if you are returning after a brief sabbatical, we are gathered here now figuring out what it means to be the body of Christ, and that is significant. We do not know what the future holds, but today is an invitation to continue this crazy and bold work, this journey of faith in life, and our time here means we are called to do it together. The last time that Ann and I picked up and moved to a new place was Alexandria, Virginia. We were both giving, giving up work that we found very meaningful uh, for many years, uncertain, uh, uncertain of what next would look like. I think that any time a person picks up, uh, tries something new, whether it's a move or a new church or a new ministry, it's, it's, natural, um, it's natural to ask those questions. What is it that I'm looking for in life? What would make my life complete? What would make me happy or bring me joy or give me satisfaction? And while we might think we know what's best, uncertainty is always in those times of transition a little more present than before. 
I was in class on Thursday night this past week. I'm wrapping up a program, and, and my classmates are, are, are kind enough to let me Skype on their computers or, or iPads into class, and, and so I'm, I'm taking marketing, which really is the work of the church, if you, if you want to buy into that kind of um, image. <laughs> um, and so, and I'm not going to bother you with the, the, the marketing strategies and all that stuff, but the teacher was asking, she was asking this question, you know, what, trying to, trying to illustrate a point, you know, what are the products that we've bought into that we've also been told, what we've also been told will improve our life? And so essentially she was asked this question, what are those things that we think will make our life better? And somebody's kind of sold us that bill of goods that, that makes us buy into it. So someone quickly pipes up, Uber, and everybody cheers. Um, that's the world we live in. Uh, Apple technology, internet, smartphones, Cable TV were all popular answers. Someone thought the Roomba or that vacuum cleaner that moves around your house when you're gone <laughs> that allows to like, simultaneously clean and terrorize your pets was the best invention of the century. And it was kind of fun to think about how these products and what we believe they will accomplish might change our lives. It almost seems that we believe that our lives are improved if we're able to be more productive accomplish more, achieve and earn more, or at the very least, are more productive or secure in what we are doing. And there's a part of me that buys into that message, but I also wonder if there's something else that may be true as well, or that stands contrary to this idea. You know, one of the major themes of our readings this morning, what does it mean to be following the call of God? What does it mean to respond to God's call for each of us? In our reading this, this morning, the gospel, Jesus calls Simon and Andrew into following him. He calls James and James's brother to follow him as well. Andrew and Simon, they, have to, they place down their nets. They leave those behind. James and John leave their father and their boat, which was their means to comfort and security. Both sets of disciples in this reading walk away from their lives, leaving behind security and vocation. In a way, they leave their identity as fishermen behind. They leave the life that they have always known, the tradition of being fishermen, the rituals, the familiarity of life, the security, the comfort, all to follow Jesus. Nets, a boat, a father. This is what these disciples leave behind. Now, I doubt that I will ever ask you to quit your jobs or leave the people who you love, but I do wonder if it's possible that there are elements of our lives, things that we hold on to for security, familiarity, and comfort that might inhibit us from entering a fuller life with God. I was drawn to St. Stephen's for many reasons, but I think the most important one to me, it is a, this is a place that not only is everyone welcome at the table, but everyone is welcome to live into the life that God is calling them into. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you are young, younger, or not quite so young. It doesn't matter if you are single, married, divorced, partnered, widowed, 
or not interested. Still discovering who you are or comfortable in your ways. You're welcome here. You matter here. And you are invited to live into a deeper life with Jesus Christ. The question our Gospel text pushes us to ask is what are the nets, the boats, or the people who are keeping us from accepting this invitation in our lives? Or what are the things, the beliefs that we are holding on to, or the ideals that we think we have to live up to, or the life we believe that we need to have to be secure? What are these ideas that are inhibiting us from fully living into what God has in store for each of us? Is there a notion of perfection that if we are honest with ourselves has absolutely nothing to do with following God? And yet when we strive for that perfection, it becomes a barrier to who we are. What are those pieces of our lives that we believe are critical and necessary, but if we let go, maybe we could more reflect the Incarnation? I can't answer that question for each of you. But I am committed to the life of weekly gathering, to be nourished by word and sacrament through prayer and faith, to live into this question, to explore what our futures have in store, of not how to make our life better, but how we can be more faithful in our lives. And as scary or risky as that might be, we live with the assurance that God is with us as we do that hard work. May we support each other as we live into this life together. Amen. Let us stand and say the words of our faith together in the Nicene Creed, found on page 350.